0: Uh, online-only service because of the weather and the incredible um, sub-zero wind chills that were experienced this morning. But I'm so glad that we get to have church together, that we can still come together in this way, and we can still celebrate uh, Jesus and had communion, and we can still um, enjoy uh, this time uh, with God and with each other uh, through this virtual church service. And, and we can do that because of your faithfulness. In giving we can pivot quickly when the need arises and we have the technology and the things that that we can set up and we can do a service like this so that we can still have church even when we can't be um, at the church and so I just want to take a moment to say how thankful I am that you give and that you've made a way for us to to do that is so thankful for the ability that we have um, to meet even when we're not in person and so Thank you to those who have been so faithful in in giving and and especially since we're online only today, uh, for those who've been faithful in online or mobile giving or mailing your gifts in uh, to the PO Box, it is comforting to know that you are with us, that you support what God has called us to do even when we can't be together um, and know that that, uh, those gifts can come in um, today even if we're not in person. And so thank you for using those ways to give uh, so that we can continue the mission that God has called us to. In the book of Leviticus, God told Moses that the tithe belonged to the Lord, that it was holy and it was set apart for God's work on the earth. It's one of the ways that God allows us to partner with him to love other people. So thank you for partnering with us financially to help every person possible find real life in Jesus and then look more like him every day. Because you give, we get to do things like this, come to you online when we can't be in person and we get to share together um, the stories, the baptisms that we had last week. That happens because you're faithful in giving and we can do the things that God has called us to do. So thank you for giving today. Uh, online on your mobile device or writing that check out and putting it in the mail. Appreciate your um, faithfulness in that as we partner together for God's great purpose. Let's pray for that offering. God, thank you for giving to us. Thank you for helping us understand what it means to give as, a, as an expression of love. And uh, for those, God, who faithfully give and support the work that you're doing here um, and the mission to help people hear about your son, Jesus. Would you continue to do that and meet every need out of your great uh, bounty? We just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is Valentine's Day, and so it's a perfect time to talk about uh, real love as we prepare to take communion together. And so if you haven't gotten something to drink or eat already to represent the blood and the body of of Jesus, maybe pause this video and go grab that real quick um, to share uh, with your family or whoever's with you, or even if you're by yourself, you're not by yourself because God is there with you and we're with you in spirit. And so um, grab that and then come back. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8, Paul talks about what love is. He says this, Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Mm, yikes. <laughs> it does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends love can be great but it can also be difficult it can be painful like pushing yourself physically to accomplish a goal may mean um sore muscles but we know that the end result is that it reaps a reward of a, a healthy living a stronger body when i suffer in order to love my wife or my children i'm willing to do that i'm even cheerful sometimes to suffer even though it might be difficult because I'm choosing to express love in that way. But when I suffer because the one I love doesn't love me back, that's not the same kind of thing that we're talking about in relation to love. Because look, some people have an idea of love that isn't love at all. Let me give you this example. 1 John 4, 18, we read this. There is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Valentine's Day can be a difficult day if you've been hurt because you loved somebody who didn't love you back or because you've never found the kind of love that, that, that Jesus or that um, Paul talked about. You may have suffered at the hands of what you were told was love, but really isn't. You, you may have experienced lust and, and been convinced that it was love. Maybe you've never received or experienced anything like the true love that comes from Jesus. And if that's you, I want you to know that we love you and want the best for you. Not really understanding love or understanding love in a way that God did not intend is a difficult way to go through life. And so we have this example so that we'll know what love is when we see it. In John chapter 15, 13, Jesus says this, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. That's what love is, that somebody would lay down, they would suffer because they love you. There's a lot of people out there who claim to love you, but they won't won't suffer for you. They won't help you. They won't help pick you up when you're down. They won't sacrifice themselves for you. They won't take the trash out when it's cold uh, so that you don't have to do it. There's a lot of things that love goes into here, and Jesus just says, look, you got to understand what real love is, not the fake love that you might be getting from others. When we celebrate communion together, what we're really celebrating is love, this overwhelming love that Jesus had, this unconditional and pure and perfect love that Jesus has for you and for me. And today, I hope that Whatever your understanding of love in the physical world is, you can take a moment to relish in the love that God has for you through His Son, Jesus. Today, we each get a Valentine from God, and on the front is a heart and a couple hands with holes in them. And when you open the inside, it simply says, I love you. And I hope that you know today the overwhelming love that Jesus has For you, that he was willing to sacrifice himself for you. And so as we take communion, we remember the love that God has for us in his son Jesus. And we remember that we're supposed to share that love with others. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us, for giving us so much of yourself, even your son. And thank you for the example of love that we see in Jesus' life, that he came to serve and even to give himself up for us Uh, god would we hold every other ideal of love to that standard Uh, and you've given us that so that we'll know what love looks like and and we won't be caught off guard we won't be sucked into this um, fake or, or false kind of love that others might offer us or the world might offer but we would hold tight to the love that you have for us this overwhelming sacrificial love and god we just thank you for that and we receive it today um, by your grace we do that in jesus name amen romans 8 let's
1: see romans 8:38 and 39 it says for i am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We all start on the outside, the outside looking in. This is where. the sea
0: rule it's kind of weird and I'd never heard of it before but I read about it this week in an article by a best-selling author Ryan Ste- Steumann he said that it came from billionaire Dan Gilbert who explained it this way 37% of communication is tonality the tone of our voice 57% is body language and only 6% of communication comes from actual words Now Ryan in the article goes on to say everyone is confused everyone's mad ready to rumble at any minute we're a mess religiously politically racially and nationally and I can agree with him about that statement Uh, but it's his suggestion for how we improve the situation that I'm going to take issue with today because in the article he says until we evolve to better understand words themselves, we must focus on fighting less by not jumping to conclusions on social media. Now, I agree about not jumping to conclusions on social media. What I have a problem with is his uh, argument or belief that we need to evolve to better understand words themselves. Now, uh, let me take a step back. I know that this article sounds like it could have been written in the last days or the last few weeks but it was actually written in december of 2017. now that's important because what i'm going to say next that's the problem that i have with mr stewman and his answer to how we fix this issue to evolve to better understand words see i'm here to tell you today that that will never happen we may be evolving technologically we may be evolving in um, the, the rapidness of information around the world, and there may be a lot of uh, scientific things that we're evolving in, but as a people, as humanity, we are not evolving. And so if you're waiting for a utopia, you've got a long and disappointing future ahead of you. Jesus gave his disciples a little peek into the future when he said this, nation will rise against nation." Many will fall away. They'll betray one another and hate one another. And there'll be false prophets and lawlessness. And it will increase It'll increase as the love of many will grow cold. That's what Jesus said about the future. And so um, here's the translation for that. The earth and humanity are not headed toward utopia. Instead, we're headed to our own undoing. Now it's Valentine Day. And while it's a day we traditionally celebrate love, I think it's pretty obvious as we look at the world around us that our love for one another may be at an all-time low. And so if Dan Gilbert's 37 6 rule is correct, social media is our bullet train to our undoing. See, the truth is we're not communicating nearly as much as we were pre-pandemic. And so if 94% of our communication comes from tone and body language, with masks and Zoom meetings and working from home, we may be talking more, but we're communicating far, far less. See, social media has allowed us to, to talk more to say a lot more things, to share our ideas and thoughts and get them out there to a wider audience. But it has drastically limited our ability to actually communicate. Now, this widespread connectivity has some benefits. So here's a post that I scheduled in August uh, 12th of 2020. So uh, in my Bible reading, sometimes I come across something that kind of strikes me. I think it might be an encouragement or a benefit to somebody else and so i I make a quick uh image and throw the text on there in fact i did it in haste this time and so i completely forgot to put the jeremiah 17 uh reference on this image and i sent it out there the reason i share that with you is that um it's been out there since august of last year and i believe i got one comment on the original post but since i posted it there's been um 8,200 people that have been reached by this image. It's been shared 114 times, and 181 of its 430 interactions have come from those extra shares. And so almost a week doesn't go by when I don't get some notification that somebody, usually in another part of the world, Uh, has shared this image, they've commented on it, they've posted it, and and usually the things that they say have to do uh, with um, maybe an illness or something that they or somebody else are struggling with. Maybe they're feeling down and they come across this image and and they're just crying out to God. And so from a, a very simple, very quick post that I made last August, Um, thousands of people have been encouraged by it as it has gone across their newsfeed, and so there are some positive things about social media but there's also some not so positive things about social media Uh, this past week the Mandalorian co-star Gina Carano I don't know if that's the way you say her name but anyway she was dropped by Lucasfilm and then later in the week by her talent agency because of some conservative tweets that she uh, put out uh, over, I don't know when she put them out, but some people took issue with them and started a whole online campaign to get her fired, and that actually worked. She's now in the company of uh, some people like Kevin Hart, James Gunn, uh, director James Gunn, Blake Shelton, uh, Iggy Azalea, and uh, comedian Trevor Noah, who all lost gigs or were fired because of the things that they shared online. So posts can be deleted, but the words we tweet never really disappear. We may forget what we said, but the internet never forgets. And a post that maybe is made in haste can quickly circle the globe. Retweets, shares, screenshots, reposts. Once you post it, it lives forever in the virtual world, and so we have to be careful. Uh, Look at what Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 says. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. And Jesus is talking there about the end um, and about God's kind of catalog of the things that we say. Much more frightening than the resurfacing of an old tweet is coming to grips with the reality that God knows every word that we've ever spoken. We can try to delete our words online. We can try to leverage days like today, Valentine's Day, to to try and um, delete or make up for hateful words that we've spoken in person to those that we love, but words never go away. The words we speak in person or online, they can help or they can harm. Even long after, we've tried to erase them or we've tried to make up for them. So let's talk about some negative practices that we see online. And and remember that um, what you do online is an extension of who you are in person. Um, So, uh, let me say it this way, don't be a sinner in one place and try to be a saint in the other. Eventually, who you are is going to catch up with you. It's going to come out. And and, and let me just say that the perceived anonymity of being online um, usually means that that's the place where we let the real me out. Hmm. So in light of Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, and Jesus' statement that God keeps track of the words that we speak, I want you to remember this simple lines. The words I speak are the words I reap. The words I speak are the words I'll reap. So let's look at some of the negative behaviors that have um, developed since we've gone online as a culture, as a, as a world. Um, so the first thing, um, and, and I've, I've broken these down. I, it's a little weird, but maybe it'll help you remember. I've broken these down with the names of superheroes. So maybe it will um, trip something with you and you'll be able to remember this. So the first negative behavior that we experience online, um, I'm gonna call it the flash, <laughs> the flash. Now this happens when you see something online from another person or an event and then you immediately like weigh in on that issue without really having all the information or really even allowing yourself the time to process through your own opinion first. So you see something online, a video or a post or something that comes across and immediately you just send it out without processing it yourself. Personally, I think that I have deleted um, probably at least half of the comments and posts that I have actually made. Uh, There's probably half as many things that I have commented on as somebody else's post or I've written a post myself in response to something that's going on in the world or uh, that I've seen somebody else post. And I write it out and I get it just as like perfect as I can. I even try to pay attention to grammar, you know, so the grammar Nazis don't come after me as well. And, and when I get it just the way I want it and it's ready to um, be sent out to the entire world on social media, I delete the post and it never gets seen by anyone. Now, what that does is that allows me to process my feelings And so I get out the things that I want to say, but then I don't have to worry about hurting or offending or saying something um, too quickly. Um, I can get that stuff out of my head or out of my heart, and then I don't have to worry about the hurt that it might cause um, down the road. And so I write it out, I delete it, and then I move on. Uh, See, the speed with which information, both true and untrue moves in our world, it's, it's unprecedented in human history. And that means that big issues are batted around the internet without giving anyone the chance to actually process the information before they post their half-baked idea. And we're trying to deal with important issues in our world, right? People are struggling with issues of gender and authority and atheism and Socialism and racism the environment and a whole host of other things and because information comes at us so fast We get to, can be too quick to engage in online drama uh, viral videos without taking the time to to check our witness for Jesus or, or how our lack of self-control in a passionate moment can be damaging to other people that see that. So we move from one post to the next without taking the time to process, so we don't learn any of those important lessons that come from slowing down and contemplating what's happening. This has bled into our uh, in-person conversations as well. James, Jesus' brother, uh, said this, Take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so if James was writing that today, he might say, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to post, and slow to become angry. Today, we literally have everything at our fingertips. But just because we get information fast doesn't mean we have all the information. So hear me, you do not have to respond to every single topic of conversation or social issue that comes to your online um, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram feed or however those things work. And you should never respond without taking time to process and even ask yourself, is it necessary for me to engage? Is it necessary for me to engage. Let me tell you, 99 times out of 100, the answer to that last question is no. The early bird may get the worm, and the early ones to post may get the most shares or likes or retweets or whatever it is that you get, but it's the patient bird that gets the feast. And So um, let me wrap it up this way, the flash is more interested in speed than sincerity. If that's you, if you fall victim to this flash mentality, you're more interested in just burning through these posts and getting as much content out as you can without really processing that and being sincere about that and and, and actually taking the time to think about it before you post it. Now, the next um, behavior that I think is damaging when we talk about online stuff is what I'm going to call the Tony start. Now, um, Tony Stark is a superhero like Batman, right? Which means he's um, the non-superhero superhero. superhero. Tony Stark like Batman um, has money and he's kind of smart. That doesn't make you a superhero, okay? Um, Just just go with me on this. It doesn't make you a, a superhero. But the difference between Tony Stark and Batman is that Tony Stark wants everybody to know who he is. He is all about the glory, positive or negative. As long as people are talking about him, he doesn't care what it is they're saying. Now this bad practice is seen as excessive desire for attention. Social media is great at connecting with people, but some people have turned it into their own version of the Truman Show. Do you remember that movie with Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey is the only guy who doesn't know what's going on in his life. Everybody else around him is a character in this TV show that's being piped to everybody 24-7 around the world. But what happens in social media when you're the Tony Stark is that you're not just the star of this show, um, you're the director. And so you're completely engulfed in trying to um, get yourself out there, get the most uh, attention that you possibly can. And so we um, see this Tony Stark thing play out in a couple different areas. So let me just go down through some things. Um, one way that we see it play out is consistently posting statements that are designed for attention, but then saying things like, I don't want to talk about it. Look, you you can't post something on social media that is designed to get people to talk and then say you don't want to talk about it. That's a manipulative post that's designed to get people to ask questions, to tell you how much they love you, to ask if you're okay, and and eventually you're going to run out your welcome on those kind of posts. Look, it's okay to share when you're down, when, when life is difficult, when you're struggling, with, with things, um, everybody eventually gets there. Everybody has bad days. But consistently posting in an attempt to gain sympathy or make people feel guilty, um, that's not healthy. It's not healthy for you and it's not healthy for anybody else. For some, the constant allure of attention causes them to have this great need to post everything in their day every meal they make every shower they take every tan they bake every picture they fake they just want people watching them i hope you're singing that song um, in your head now this creates a false sense of importance and it really is just another way of fishing for compliments right we're going to post all of this stuff about everything in our day because we're that important that other people need to know what we're having for lunch. Now I'm all for sharing um, fun times and you go out with the wife and you're enjoying something and you share about your day. I'm all for that. But sharing about every moment about your day, it's just not healthy. There's another aspect at play here. If you're spending your time getting everything just right for the shot, right? You're using um, filters, you're airbrushing out every imperfection in your life. You're not being honest with yourself, and you're not being honest with anyone else. Trying to make people think that you have a perfect life by the things that you post online, by faking uh, everything about your life, it's not helping them, and it's not helping you. It's creating a false sense of reality that eventually will come crashing down when we realize that my life isn't as perfect as the what I put out online, and at some point, those two things are going to clash. In January 2021, a Relevant Magazine posted an article titled, Seek Impact, Not Attention. Tyler Braun, the author, uh, wrote about what God said through the prophet Micah in chapter 6, verse 8. Um, he says this, You have told me, oh, I think I'm over here. Um, you, <laughs> he has told you, oh man, what is good. Okay, this is God talking through Micah. God has told you what is good and what the Lord requires of you is to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Uh, this author then went on, saying, being noticed by many will never matter if the people who are directly in front of you don't feel noticed by you. this is what God was saying through the prophet Micah. There's nothing wrong with being noticed and recognized or even having your name in sparkling, uh, shiny lights, except when you care more about that, about your name, then the few people right in front of you um, feel noticed. Push yourself, he says, toward loving others, open your hands, seek to make a difference, and in the process, you'll begin to find a new way forward in this attention-seeking culture. And so, Tony Stark is way more interested in himself than humanity. And when we're constantly posting about every aspect of our day and we're putting fake things out there that aren't real, that's not our real face or whatever, um, we're caring more about ourselves than we are other people. We're helping to build this idea that our life is perfect and that everybody else should have that same life. And, And the reality is that your life isn't perfect and my life isn't perfect. Let's talk about the last um, um, bad behavior and bad actor here. I call it um, the Deadpool. Now, I don't like Deadpool and I haven't seen um, the movies, but I know about uh, the character. And so um, this last bad practice comes when we attempt to make blunt and careless statements with no context online. Now, we all hope for a little bit of grace when we say something without thinking and and, and we always hope that those who know us will like take the whole of our lives instead of just that one moment, and they'll give us a little, a little bit of grace in uh, those instances, um, and not just take that one careless tweet or comment uh, out of the greater context of our lives. But online, nobody really has that benefit. And our words can easily be used in ways that, that really we didn't intend. So when we make blunt statements with no context, it's even more difficult for others to really know where it is that we stand. And whether it's race or marriage or politics, what we say can and will be used against us, even if we didn't intend it to be taken in the way that it was. I read this on a website that I can't pronounce. Our cognitive system, so how we process information that's coming in, relies on mental shortcuts called heuristics. Your computer uses these as well, and so does Facebook and other things. And these heuristics increase the speed of our judgment and decision-making processes, but they do it at the cost of accuracy. When people who hold some pre-existing belief are presented with information relating to that belief, they're generally more likely to jump to conclusions and interpret that information as confirming their belief compared to people who don't hold the same belief. Let me give you an example of this. If what I read online or in a post or a tweet appears to agree with what I already think, I'm predisposed because of those heuristics to um, believe what it says and then to retweet or to send, or to share, or to post, or uh, whatever. If it doesn't immediately agree with what I already believe, then I tend to discredit it, to push it off, and to not pay attention to it. And so you can see that this becomes just this um, really dangerous circle that we get caught up in. Now, earlier I mentioned a bunch of names of famous people who've lost jobs and opportunities because of the things that they've posted. Now, some of them, Pretend to be sorry and and maybe they really are but a lot of times that just comes off as like not um, It it, it just doesn't come off as as genuine to me Um, What they uh, are sorry about though It seems is that they got in trouble for the thing that they believe not that they're actually sorry that they believe it but some people take a more principled stand and instead of faking an apology they turn that negative into a positive. The point is, what we post can be used against us. And posting things specifically to get a rise out of people, it's just disingenuous. Acts chapter 13, verses 49 to 15 um, says this, and the the church is growing, right? Jesus has died and he's been resurrected and the church is kind of blowing up uh, around the world and, and Paul and Barnabas are in a new town and they're preaching and, and here's what happened. The Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and they drove them out of their district. Now, even shortly after Jesus' death and resurrection, as the church was quickly growing and, and, and gaining steam, people were manipulated to push back against Paul uh, and the teachings of Jesus. And the word incited here indicates that people were stirred up maliciously, maybe even underhandedly, probably by half-truths and um, little sound bites of things that maybe they heard Paul or Barnabas say. And, and, and they stirred people up. And that very thing is happening online today. As followers of Jesus, we've got to make sure that we're not making it worse, that we're not adding fuel to the fire. And and so when it comes to Deadpool, we'll, we'll say this, that Deadpool is more interested in shock than in substance. He's more interested in just shocking us than in really sharing things with substance. Um, Now, we're going to look at some of the ways we've seen all the ways that we can um, uh, uh, use social media negatively. Let's look at some of the ways that we can check our online or balance our online activity and even our in-person communication. And so, so the first way is that we just need to be real. We need to put away the masks of perfection and of victimhood. We need to share when life is going well, and we need to give glory to God for that. We need to thank God for the way that he's working in our lives and the way that things are going in our lives. And when things are going bad, instead of fishing for compliments and fake concern, we need to point ourselves and our followers back to God who walks through the difficult uh, times of life with us and gives us hope for a better future and so what happens is when you're struggling when you're having a bad day when things just aren't going right instead of saying life is terrible life is horrible i don't know what i'm going to do to myself which causes people to like panic right you could say i'm having a bad day this has been a rough week there's challenges in my life but you might could quote from lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 and 23 which says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, if you posted something negative about your day or your week, and then you shared something like this and said, look, I know that life is gonna get better. God is with me, he loves me, he wants the best for me. That turns that negative post around and makes it encouraging and beneficial to other people. The second way we can combat some of those negative behaviors online is simply to strive to be relevant in the things that we share. Instead of quick posts designed for lightning fast likes but avoid the difficult work of processing what's actually happening and what it means to us, try to post or talk from a place of expressing truth with grace. The truth is sometimes difficult for us um, to share. It's sometimes difficult in our lives, and it it flies in the face of the latest um, social justice or cultural issues of our day. But when truth is shared with grace, it becomes a little easier to swallow. Now, grace doesn't give truth a pass. Grace doesn't say, I don't want to hurt you, and so I'm not going to share the truth. Grace simply says that we share the truth in a way that is loving and inviting to other people. It invites conversation instead of stirring up confrontation. Grace doesn't give the truth a pass. It just gives the truth space to be the truth. Now now hear me, because I'm not talking about your truth or my truth or somebody else's truth. I'm talking about the truth. And to get that, we've got to go back to God's word, right? And we've got to let God's word speak for itself. And we can say, look, this is what God says about this topic, but I'm going to love you and I'm going to share it with grace and I'm going to recognize that I've got sin in my own life. And so I'm not going to condemn you. I'm I'm simply going to share this and go, look, this is what I believe because this is what God has said for me. So we let God dictate our lives and what uh, truth is. In John chapter 1, verse 17, we read this, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so we want to be disciples of Jesus, right? We want to be followers of Jesus. And so we've got to be willing to share truth with grace in a world that sometimes rejects the truth. we got to recognize that we might have some kickback from this, and that might be negative, But we've got to stand on the truth of Jesus okay Uh, third way that we combat the negative things online and negative practices and behavior is to uh, make sure that our aim is to be relevant Uh, I mean relational Uh, we did that one already as disciples of Jesus our goals should be his goals the things that he wants to accomplish We should want to accomplish. Now, Jesus didn't have mass healings where he brought everybody together in a room and he told them all to pray the same prayer or lift their hand in the air or touch the TV screen or pray this certain prayer online and everything would be okay. What Jesus did was he got down in the dirt with the blind and the lame and those with skin diseases and he worked to heal the person and not just the problem. Do you see that difference in Jesus, the way he lived his life? He got personal with people and he worked to heal the person and not just the problem. And so posting things on social media or um, yelling them from the sidewalk should always take into consideration how is this going to affect other people? How is it going to affect the individual who takes it to heart and not the masses who just pass right over it. See, people matter. And because of that, we must be careful about the things that we post. Jesus said in John chapter 12, um, 23, and I will draw all people to myself. Jesus said, look, when I am lifted up, he was talking about being on the cross. He said, I'm going to draw all people to myself. That sounds pretty relational, doesn't it? It sounds like somebody who cares about the person and not just all of the problems in, in life. And so if we're going to combat the negative issues of social media and, and, and how we're relating and interrelating with people in our world, we've got to be real, we've got to strive to be relevant, and our aim should be uh, relationship and to be relational in our lives. Now, look, we started this message with Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 where Jesus talks about on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word that they speak. And because of that reality, let's make a point to ask ourselves these questions. Before you post something, ask yourself this question. Does my post make Jesus proud? Yikes. I don't even know if all of my posts make Jesus proud. But this would certainly give us a moment, right, to to breathe and to consider, should I post this? Is it real? Is it relevant? Is it relational? Does it take into account how it might hurt other people? Is it true? But is it filled with grace instead of just um, a truth exclamation, I'm just going to drop a truth bomb and walk away? Does my post make Jesus proud? Am I after people or or am I just highlighting the problem? And and if you're not on social media and, and you're struggling with how to interrelate with people and talk with people, maybe you could ask yourself this question. Do my words leave only wounds? Are the words that I'm speaking to people in person, are they wounding or are they helping? Um, and, and, and asking ourselves these questions before we speak, before we get engaged in, in some of the hot topics of today, will give us a moment to pause, will give us a moment to look more like Jesus, even in our online life. And, and so, um, look, it's Valentine's Day. And so the goal for us ought to be to share the love of Jesus. And we can do that in person. And we can do it online when we're real, when we strive to be relevant, and when we maintain a relational bent. Let's pray. God, thanks for loving us and for giving us so many good things. Thank you for um, being with us today. Even though we're not with each other, um, we're separated by uh, space and maybe even time, but you draw us together in this moment. Um, God, thank you for the internet for social media that allows us to post these things and to share your name uh, around the world and in places where um, people not might not be able to hear about you otherwise and so it's exciting to be a part of this and it's a great time to be alive but we also have to remember that our lives as disciples and followers of yours doesn't end at our door or our street corner or the neighbor's house but it really extends to to who we are online and how we live our lives uh, in that place. And so thanks, God, for loving us and for all that you give us. Bless us this week, and God, I pray that it warms up and we're able to be um, together, both in person and online, uh, next Sunday to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you have a great week. Love you. Thanks for tuning in to Real Life Live! Our hope and prayer is that the time you've spent with us has left you encouraged and challenged in your faith. It may have also left you with some questions or maybe wondering how all this faith stuff works. So we want to help you with that. Head over to reallifecc.us for a few different ways we can connect. We're thankful you joined us today and want to extend an invitation for you to join us in person at our current home in El Dorado, Kansas at the Civic Center, 201 East Central on Sundays at 10 AM. We hope. You'll keep tuning in and growing in your faith to look more like Jesus every day. See you next time.